Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Cardinals and Royals in the third game of a three-game series tonight at Bush Stadium. And uh, the Cardinals will try to take two of three. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker with you. And we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, our friend Tim Kirkjian of ESPN. Kind enough to take a few minutes this morning. Tim, how are you? I'm well, Randy. I'm well, Michelle. How are you doing? Everything's good here in St. Louis. We're trying to figure out this National League. Things seem a little bit more defined at midseason. Sounds weird to say midseason in the American <laughs> League. But aside from the Dodgers being great and the Pirates being terrible, there seems to be a, a kind of a jumble in the middle of the National League. Yeah, I'm really confused by the National League. I'm really confused by a lot of things going on <laughs> in baseball right now. But the National League is, is great to be confused, meaning all sorts of teams have a chance to go to the playoffs for the National League where you could make a case that we kind of kind of know seven of the eight teams that are going to make it from the American League, but not nearly as clear in the National League. You're right. The Dodgers are great. They've outscored their opponents by two and a half runs per game. That is one of the historically high run differentials in baseball history. Granted, very small sample, but the rest of the league is hard to figure out. A bunch of teams that are pretty good, a bunch that get hot and then get really cold. It's really hard to figure. As we approach the trade deadline, Tim, are those teams that may be having some trouble figuring out their identity going to be active? What kind of activity do you think we're going to see at the trade deadline this year? Michelle, I think it's going to be quiet. I think with so many more buyers than sellers, so many more teams in it, and so difficult to gauge young players. Like, you can't say, let's go scout that kid at double-A right now to see if he's worth putting in the deal because there, there is no double-A now. That's another part of the issue. Plus, with all the money that the owners will be losing this year in comparison, uh, they may not want to take on a whole lot of debt with a big contract when normally they might this time of year. So I think it's going to be relatively quiet. And yet, if you're a contending team and you think that one pitcher, who knows, Lance Lynn, somebody like that can push you over the top, uh, then I think you got to go for it. But if the Rangers get hot again, they're not going to trade Lance Lynn. That's kind of how this works in this truncated season. Tim, we sit here in St. Louis with everything the Cardinals have been through. And by the way, they have a stretch in September, five doubleheaders in 11 days. But if any team seems to be prepared to weather that storm, it seems to me like it's the Cardinals. They have an inordinate amount of pitchers that they can go to in a situation like that. Yeah, they have the second-best ERA in the National League. Only the Dodgers are better. When you can throw Jack Flaherty out there and the way Adam Wainwright's throwing, 
But what I've gathered in spring training, the first spring training, was they had eight or nine guys who were major league starting pitchers for sure, um, you know, and only five of them were going to make the rotation. I mean, they had three or four guys who could have pitched for a big league team out of the rotation, and that's what they have. That kind of depth is the best thing that they have going for them. Tim. What's that dog's name? Uh, I have two dogs, and they're, uh, hold on, hold no, on. We love them. <laughs> Tim. Sorry about that. No, I have a technician working on my <laughs> all the technical stuff at my house. He was supposed to be protected from the dogs. That's Maggie and Tito, the two greatest dogs in the world, but they don't like strangers as much as they should. I love it. Tim, what kind of dogs are they? Well, they're both <laughs> rescue dogs. One's a mixed pit bull. He's the greatest dog ever. And Maggie is a mixed bulldog. And she, her name is Maggie, but I call her Chunky because that's what she <laughs> looks like. She's a bulldog. She's, she's adorable. They, the dogs are great. Love it. Well, Tim, someone who certainly isn't Chunky this year, how do you like this transition, is Yadier Molina. He came back to the Cardinals in perhaps the best shape of his life and seems like the same old Yadier Molina. How do you view what he's doing this season, especially coming off of a COVID diagnosis? Yeah, it's remarkable to me that anybody can come back from missing that kind of time with that kind of issue and be productive. And then you add in all the innings he's caught and how productive he's been back and his age, and it's remarkable. Just another reminder of what a great player that guy is. And when he goes to the Hall of Fame someday, we'll be talking about that time he came back and a couple days after COVID got four hits and caught a great game. That's how good Yadier is, and it's really, really impressive for anyone to do that. But when he does it, given what he's been through, it's even more impressive. Tim Kirkjian, ESPN, with us on 101 ESPN. And Tim, we sit here in St. Louis, and we're kind of like people in Tampa in that we don't pay an awful lot of attention to the Rays. But (laughs) how good are they? The Rays are really good. Their pitching is is great from like 1 to 12. They have three of the best pitchers in the league to start the rotation. And then they got a bunch of guys in the bullpen, Nick Anderson being one of them. He's hurt right now, but nobody can hit that guy. Plus, every year they seem to change their roster, no matter how many games they win. And then they mix and match with, you know, uh, movable pieces, and they, they platoon, and they move guys around. And it's really fun to watch. I had a coach last year just rail on how poorly the game is played today bad base running throwing to the wrong base all that stuff then he paused and he said except for the rays those guys really know how to play the game kevin cash has a lot to do with that and it really helps that brandon Lau has come not from nowhere because he had a great rookie year but he's been arguably the best player in the american league this year and that's really saying something. Yeah, he's got a 1.051 uh, OPS. He's got nine home runs already. He's having a great year. And, and that coach that talked to you, I think that's the way to play baseball. And Mike Schilt, who's a disciple of George Kissel, tries to do the same thing because, Tim, it seems to me that if you play clean baseball, inevitably most other teams are going to beat themselves by making a fatal mistake. Yeah, and we don't play enough clean baseball today. It's a paradox for me. The players are bigger, stronger, faster, and better than ever, yet the game a lot of nights isn't better than ever because our guys 
just overpower the game with their physical gifts, and they're not as in tune to the subtle nuances of the game. But that's what Mike Schilt is trying to hammer in. We can win a game if we run the bases better than they do. We can win a game if we throw to the right base. We can win a game if we do a little thing that makes baseball such a great game, and we've kind of gotten away from it with home runs, strikeouts, and walks, and we've gotten away from how you really develop a great team, and that's with doing all the fundamentals properly. Tim, I think on the surface, if you saw a team that was managed by Joe Madden and had the likes of Rendon, Trout, and Pujols, you would just assume that they were a contender, but the Angels are anything but. They're 10-22, and they're fifth in the AL West, and it's got to be so frustrating for fans of that organization to see Artie Moreno collect stars but not be able to put together a complete and competitive baseball team. Yeah, their their pitching is really bad right now, and we knew it would be a struggle going in for that team pitching-wise, but it's been even worse. And Just another reminder how beautiful baseball is, that the great players don't win all the games. You win because you're better 1 through 25 or 28 this year, no matter how corny that sounds. I was around the Rangers a lot a long time ago when they had Nolan Ryan, Julio Franco, Juan Gonzalez, and they had like the best top six players in the game. But after that, there was an enormous drop-off in talent from their sixth best player to the 25th best player. This is where the Rays are so good. One through 25 all contribute. And this is part of the problem with the Angels is they've got these superstars at the top. Then there's a pretty big drop-off. And then there's a huge drop-off when it gets to their pitching. And I would have thought that especially because they hired Joe Madden. That's something that they really would have addressed. And we were talking about this earlier. Go sign a Rich Hill. If you're going to make, uh, if you're going to get Joe Madden, you've got uh, Mickey Calloway as your pitching coach, you make the trade for a guy like Kluber. It, It didn't seem like they even tried to add numbers to their problem. Well, they did add Dylan Bundy, and he's pitched very well for them. He's basically been their best pitcher. But they thought they could outslug some people. They thought they would have Otani in that rotation. They thought they had a lot more help than they did. And that's part of the problem is they addressed their starting pitching to some degree, but obviously not enough. And then injuries hit. So it just just shows you again, when you can't get people out, you're in a lot of trouble in this game. Hey, Tim, one more thing before we let you go. As we grew up, the RBI leaders in baseball history were Aaron, Ruth, Cap Anson, Gehrig, Musial, Cobb. And we've had the good fortune, uh, whether or not you agree with the uh, how he got there, but we saw A-Rod drive in so many runs. We saw Barry drive in so many runs. It's pretty amazing that Albert Pujols has been able to pass all of those guys and only trails Hank Aaron now on the all-time RBI list. Yeah, it's really impressive. And I know we don't value RBIs anymore, but I still do. And you look at that all-time RBI list, there there are no frauds on the all-time RBI list. And driving in a run is really important still. Now, I understand you can drive in 100 runs and have a bad offensive season. I totally understand that. But anyone, no one should look at Albert Pujols' career numbers and say, well, eh, he shouldn't be second all-time in RBIs. Yes, he should. He knows how to drive in a run. He knows how to get a ball in the air with a runner on third in less than two outs. That's a skill. That's an art. And we don't value that anymore. And I think to some degree that's a mistake. 
I'm with you 100%. Tim Kirkshin, it's always great to have you on the air here in St. Louis. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it, and have a great day. Okay, Randy. See you, Michelle. See you later. That is uh, the great Tim Kirkshin on 101 ESPN. You know, once we get back to having regular baseball again, one of my favorite things is going to the Sunday night baseball games just to see those guys. And I miss Dan Schulman because yeah. he's one of my favorites. He's awesome. But uh, the, the group that they have, Boog Chambi is a great guy. You know Boog very well. Tim Kirkchen is a great guy. Chris Singleton. Uh, Singy, Singy's great. They just have a really fun group that travels for the Sunday night games. And I really enjoy getting together with them. And those guys love baseball so much. And when you listen to them, you feel how much they love baseball. So that's why you love watching them. Absolutely. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to head to Scoops with Danny Mac. Dan is here. And we're going to talk to him next as we cross things over here on 101 ESPN.